0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you once again today. And I'm happy that you're joining together with somebody as we fellowship together this morning around the word of God. And, um, just an announcement that I'd like to announce and also emphasize is that the coming Sunday, we are actually going to resume a service at our venue in Dorado. And uh, the leadership team is trying to facilitate the administration of getting people there and adhering to all the requirements. And so we've got a process of registration. Your Connect leader should be well aware of this, so please speak to them. It should also be, uh, it's going to be done via a link where you go in and then there's a, a platform where you can register. Please do so quickly. The numbers are busy filling up. Uh, our venue can only contain about a uh, 100 people. So um, we'll, we're going to have the first 100. In the coming Sundays, we might have more people in. And, uh, by way of multiple services. But, um, we want to encourage you, even if you can't make that service, we will be streaming the service on, on, on Facebook for you to, to be able to tune in. So all that information should be able to come to you through our various platforms. And so just keep an eye on that. And then, um, yeah, just before I go into the message, there are two, uh, subjects which are quite, uh, topical at the moment. Firstly, the COVID-19 numbers seem to be going out of the way, and I just want to encourage everybody to really be a voice of encouragement. Don't now start freaking out. The sky is not falling, and uh, despite everything that's coming, Jesus is the Lord. And then uh, there's a great debate going on at the moment in Parliament and in the nation concerning abortion. We had a meeting at our church where we had a discussion around this. And once again, on that principle, that fear will not motivate us, that will be motivated by compassion. There's a lot of work taking place behind the scenes to try and assist people in those kind of situations. Let's be the voice of compassion while we're maintaining the standard of the Word of God. Amen. And so, before I get into the Word, let me just pray for us, and then we can start. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that your Word is alive. It is living and active, and this morning it is nourishment to our spirits and to our souls. I thank you, Lord, that as we share this morning, I thank you that it will transform entire families, Lord, that it will transform our lives according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today we'll be starting a new series of messages on the subject called Spiritual Maturity and this is going to be an a very important series, and I going to encourage you not to miss any of the installments. It will be broken up in various subjects, and the reason why this is important is because it is God's will from the start that his children mature. Imagine when a child is born, they're born complete, but they're not born mature. So they're born with all their limbs in place and all, all, all the things in place that need to grow. But that doesn't mean that the child is mature. And there are many things that they are unable to do until they grow. And in the same way, when we are born of God, we are born complete with the Spirit of Christ, but we need to mature into maturity. And it is important during these weeks, we will not only show you the importance of spiritual maturity, but we will also show you exactly how to go about uh, maturing in the Lord. There are many people who have been in church for decades. They've been in this Christianity thing for so long, and yet you can see in their lives that they are spiritual infants. Spiritual infants. And when you're dealing with them, there's a lot of nappy changing, so to speak. There's a lot of baby crying and complaining. And it is important if we are going to fulfill God's purpose in our lives that we realize that this is crucial in our walk with God. And it's going to be over the next four weeks. And it's also important to realize that Jesus is the head of the body. And the body is us. Imagine the head maturing, but the body being a baby. It is a freak. It is a strange monster. And the body of Christ is not supposed to be that way. We are supposed to reflect the maturity of the head who is Christ. At this point, you can look around the room and you can ask yourself, am I spiritually mature?" Are you spiritually mature? You ask the person who's hosting. even You know, sometimes we think just because uh, they're the pastor or the connect leader, they must be spiritually mature. Mm -mm. Sometimes the person is spiritually mature. They're grace to lead, but they need to make sure that they mature sufficiently according to God's will for their lives. So in the first week, our subject will be that you must be born again and we'll go into that today. And then secondly, God wants you to grow and mature. Thirdly, the power and benefit of growing up. And then fourth is the master key to growing spiritually. The Master Key to Growing Spiritually. Today, we'll be talking about how you must be born again. We'll go through four principles from the Word of God. And after that, I'll make an invitation for those of you who are not born again, you don't have a relationship with God, to invite you into that place of starting your journey of being a mature spiritual child of God. And it is important that you realize that it all starts with being born again. Let's go to the scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. We see God's plan and purpose in the church and through the church to mature you. So if you're not part of a church, you are actually opting out from being matured spiritually. The process of discipleship in the church is supposed to bring you to a place of spiritual maturity. You start as a a baby, but you grow in the things of God. So I'm reading here from Ephesians chapter 4, starting with verse 11. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, or the pastors, and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, verse 13, until we attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God. The unity of the faith, oneness in understanding, oneness of the faith, and to the knowledge or the revelation of the Son of God, to mature manhood, in Christ that is, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." This is awesome. It means that there are levels in your maturity, but it's not to the point of your pastor. It's not to the point of whatever spiritual leader you admire or whoever you listen to. Your maturity is supposed to be up to the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. So you should be as mature as Jesus. Hallelujah. What an amazing privilege we have that we are not only brought into sonship with the Father, but that He has made us sons in the same way that His Son Jesus is. This is tremendous. Then verse 14 says, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by crafty- craftiness in deceitful schemes. And this is important because we are now in days where there's so many voices speaking about what is true. There are so many people preaching apparently on behalf of Jesus. And if you are not spiritually mature, you are going to be tossed to and fro as a child, tossed to and fro by every new teaching that comes along and you'll be carried away by every wind of doctrine by human cunningness and deceitful schemes that will cause you either to lose things physically you'll be robbed of your finances robbed of your family robbed of your time and life robbed of your energy or you might get to the place where you forfeit your faith and renounce your faith because of some new teaching And it is important that you are established in the truth and that you're mature. If you're mature, you're actually able to help those who are young in the faith to stand strong as well. And verse 15 says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in him, in Christ, in every way. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, which is into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so God's plan is for you to mature. And if it is God's will for you, you should follow it. It's not an option. It is not something that you can say, yeah, it's for the pastors, those who really want to go into full-time ministry. It's for that guy and that sister. No, it's for every child of God. If you have children, you understand that you want each one of your children to mature in every way. In the same way, the Father's will for us is that we mature. So the first principle will go to John 3. And most of us know John 3.16. The preceding verses is what we will read here. The first principle is you must be born before you can grow. There's no way that you can pursue spiritual growth without even being born. It's really ludicrous to think that I despise being born again, but I'm pursuing spiritual growth. Okay? So let's look here at John 3. Verse 3, Nicodemus of the Pharisees comes to Jesus at night, and this is what happens. He tells Jesus, we know that you're from God because no one can do these miracles except God be with him. And Jesus answers him in verse three. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered in verse 5, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Many times people despise, they say, no, are you going to a born again church? It's not a born-again church. It's from the scriptures. And unless you are born again, you will be in your church and you will not enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was not some sinner. He was one of the Pharisees, one of the spiritual leaders in Israel. And Jesus spoke to him concerning the fact that he would not enter the kingdom of God if he were not to be born again. And then verse 6 says, that that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Or flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. Verse 7, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. It's not you may be born again, you could be born again, you must be born again. These are the words of Jesus. And if you want to know what Jesus has for you, the start of it, is that you must, you must, (laughs) you must be born again. You must be born again. Verse 8 says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Here in verse 8, it speaks of the wind. The, The Greek word for wind there is pneuma. It's the same word as spirit. So that means, you can say, the spirit goes wherever it wishes. You hear the sound, but you don't know where it's going. In the same way, those who are born of the spirit, there is a mystery to them. So you can't say, yeah, can I go in my mother's womb, come out and I'll sing. No, you are born of the spirit. It will be like your spirit is, is born of God's spirit. And there's a mystery to that. And we'll get into that just now. So the first principle is that you must be born again before you can grow. Number two is that you are born of the word and the seed of God. Principle number two. Let's go here to first Peter chapter one, verse 22 to 26. It says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Verse 23. Since you have been born again, not of perishable or or corruptible seed but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God so the word of God tells us here that we are born again of the seed of God this is awesome that means that we have God's DNA in our spirit this is not just us coming to um, agree with some doctrines. We were, we were given birth to in the same way that the, the apple seed gives birth to, gives rise to an apple tree. In the same way, the seed of the word of God gives birth to the sons of God. Hallelujah. And it is not any kind of seed. It says here that it is imperishable, meaning indestructible seed. Hallelujah. Yeah. Incorruptible seed. And then verse 24 says, And this is an amazing analogy. Look here, he says, All flesh, all people, is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. What is he saying here? He's saying that seeds that give birth to grass are corruptible and the grass like it withers. Seeds that give birth to flowers are corruptible and the flowers with it wither. But those who are born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God cannot wither. They will endure forever. And this is the principle of eternal life. This is why we have eternity inside of us. Because we are born of the eternal seed of the word of God. Hallelujah. And then it says that, And this is the good news. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So the good news that comes to you, that speaks of what Christ has done on the cross, that speaks of his work, that is the seed. That seed gives birth to eternal life inside of you. Wow. You know, there is so much potential in a seed. You cannot see the number of trees that are locked up in a seed. And the number of trees that are locked up in a seed will have fruit that will have seed, that will have trees, that will have fruit, that will have seed. And it just keeps going. In the same way, if you can grasp this and understand that you are born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, the potential in your spirit, the life-giving essence that is inside of you will excite you. You'll no longer think, I'm happy because I'm black. You'll be happy because you're born again. You won't say, I'm happy and I'm fulfilled because I'm white or, or yellow or whatever. Your, your heritage will have nothing to do with your sense of value because you know that all of those things fade like grass. But those who, who are born of God's word endure forever. Hallelujah. And then... On the same principle that you are born of the word and the seed of God, James chapter 1 verse 18 says this. And this is important because many times people think that, yeah, if I call myself a child of God, I'm actually saying I'm a member of the church. No, you are a real child of God. You are not even like an adopted child that's just brought in the family, different DNA. You are God's offspring. Hallelujah. James chapter 1 verse 18 says, And it was of his own free will that he gave birth to us as sons by his word of truth, so that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself hallelujah this means we are a special kind that have been born of god in the race this is awesome this is awesome and it was always god's will for all mankind to come into a new creation because of this principle number three you are born of the spirit You are born of the Spirit. We go back to John chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. So you are not just born again of the Word of God, but because of the union of the Word and the Spirit, You are born, you are given birth to by the Spirit of God. It says here, the same way that flesh gives birth to flesh, Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And this is why you can genuinely say, I am born of God. I am born of God because the Holy Spirit conceived you by the word of God. We're talking these next few weeks about spiritual maturity, but it starts in understanding not only who you are, but what you are so that you can begin to employ all the potential that is within you and you can begin to actually fulfill the life that God has for you and not just live like somebody who who sneaked into the church or the kingdom and is not really a part of the kingdom. You understand that the kingdom, you cannot be part of the kingdom through membership. You can't just come into a kingdom and be part of the royal family through membership. There's only two ways that you become part of the royal family. Either you are born as a royal from one of the royals, or you marry in. And we have both. We are born of God, and we are married to Jesus. We are the bride of So we are legitimately brought into the kingdom of God. And you must live with an awareness of that. Principle number four. We're going here to 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 to 17. It says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, look, perceive this, realize this. The new has come. Okay, let's go back to verse verse 16. He says something amazing here. He says that we should no longer look at each other and only see a human being. You can't just look at Mark or Daniel or Sherilyn and say, "Ah, it's just a lady that's over there. No. And he says, we even used to look at Jesus that way. When Jesus was on earth, they looked at him and they didn't see God in the flesh. They just saw a Jewish man who is here making trouble, speaking blasphemies. And he says here, from now on, therefore, we should regard no one according to the flesh. We should have eyes that behold, especially ourselves. When you look at yourself, no longer just, I'm just a weak human being. No. Begin to realize I'm born of God. I'm born of God. And when you begin to adopt that identity, that is when you begin to take on that exercise of maturity. And it says we regarded Christ like that in the beginning, but then no longer. We no longer regard him. If anyone is in Christ, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Not he will be. Not he is going to become a new creation. He is. You are born a new creation. You are born of the spirit of God. You never existed before that point. And now you have a new life that is springing forth. And that life is born of God. That life is born of God. And it is so important to realize that the Word of God says that whatever is born of God overcomes the world, First John. Whatever is born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So today, we've dealt with these four principles. Firstly, you must be born again before you can grow spiritually. Secondly, you're born of the Word of God and the seed of God. Thirdly, You are born of the Spirit. And then fourthly, you are a new creation. So you might ask today, okay, I'm not born again. How do I get born again? Romans 10 verse 9 and 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and made right with God. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And today, if you're not born again or if you know somebody who's not born again, go and speak to them. Tell them this is the way. And invite them into a place persuade them concerning the life of Christ persuade them about what Jesus has done on the cross for them persuade them that Jesus is Yahweh in the flesh that Jesus is Lord God in the flesh once they are persuaded of that Then if they confess that and agree with God and say, yes, Jesus is Lord and that they believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, something will happen. A miracle takes place in their spirit because that seed of faith comes from the word of God, the word that we speak. And today, if you're not born again, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you wherever you are. Just pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I hear your voice. Today, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I pray that you will come and open my heart. I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, and I believe that Jesus is Lord of my life. I receive you, Father. I receive you, Lord, as my Savior and as my Lord. And from today, I receive the gift of forgiveness and eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if that's you, please contact us. We want to make sure that you are on this journey of spiritual growth. It's not good enough just to have a baby and dump. Many Christians are guilty of baby dumping. Spiritual baby dumpers. It is important that you engage in spiritual growth. And for the rest of us, we're going to continue on this journey over the next three, four weeks. And I want to encourage you, gird yourself up to grow. Wherever you are now is not where God wants you to be. He wants you to mature into the image and into the, the head, which is Christ. And so I want to pray a blessing over each one of you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. We will see you next Sunday. And may you have a blessed time together fellowshiping. And may you also remember to uh, join in with all our platforms wherever we are, whatever we're posting. It's all for your spiritual growth. May God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit enventuk.org.